You are listening to Losing Weight with ADHD, the podcast to help you discover solutions to well-being, improved health, and sustainable weight loss with ADHD. If you're a woman with ADHD who's tired of trying every diet and weight loss program with no lasting success, I understand exactly where you are, and I want to help you to finally see the change you deserve. I'm your host, Jennifer Watts, an accountant turned nutrition and life coach with ADHD myself. Once I discovered the connections between ADHD and my lifelong struggle with weight, I was finally able to make lasting change in a way that felt great. If you want to do the same, then let's get started. Hello, everybody. I wanted to record this episode about my story, just a little bit of the history of how I ended up here and why I'm even doing this in the first place. I have struggled with my weight probably since, yeah, since my early teens, I would say 13 or 14 was really the start of it. And it has been a lot of up and down, up and down, up and down. And I only received my ADHD diagnosis within the last year or so. So everything that I'm going to talk about with regards to earlier in my life, obviously, I had ADHD at the time, but I did not know. So I think the best, yeah, the starting point is probably, yeah, around 13 or 14. Although when I was younger, like I always, I was a really anxious kid. I worried about everything. I was scared of everything. And I would hyper fixate on things like I, (laughs) I remember, I mean, it's funny now, but at the time it wasn't like I was so scared of getting sick. And, you know, I would just think, all of that stuff was going to happen to me. And so, yeah, I I just like, there's a lot of things I wouldn't do because I was scared of something bad happening. But aside from that, like, I remember being a pretty, like, pretty carefree in in a lot of other regards. Like, I loved to to read. I was that that was my thing. I, I could just, I could just read all day, every day. I was obsessed with reading. But yeah, I I wasn't like a super physically active kid by any means. If I mean, if it was my choice, I would just stay inside all the time. <laughs> Although I did have a paper route that was like the most active that I got was in my paper route, but I never played like sports or anything like that. But yeah, once I was about, I guess it must have been about 13. It was sort of, you know, pu- puberty time. I hate that word. But that's when I started to, I I can identify this as when my ADHD symptoms would have gotten really bad. That's when I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. So yeah, I think I was 14, 13 or 14 when that happened. And it's interesting, like I kind of went the opposite direction when it comes to food and body image and that type of stuff to start with. I had a friend who was a gymnast and there was no like direct talk of it, but just this underlying conscious awareness of the state of our bodies like that I just sort of picked up from her and again this is so not her fault or anything but and then just the culture of that time period you know like so this would have been the early 90s really early 90s and it was just you know Kate Moss and like heroin chic which I never really like thought looked good but there was all the supermodels you know I loved Nikki Taylor. She was my favorite. But there was like, you know, Claudia Schiffer and Cindy Crawford and all of that stuff. But there was really like all the teen magazines, too, with like these ridiculous diets and all of that stuff. So I kind of went the other extreme to start with. I was 
probably pretty underweight. Yeah. And I, I, but I never thought that I was, I still always thought that I was too big. And I remember like going out with, for dinner with my family and like going to white spot, which I'm, I don't know, that's probably not necessarily where you guys are, but white spot, which is an amazing restaurant and ordering like everybody else is ordering, you know, burgers and chicken strips and all that kind of stuff. And I ordered like a salad with no dressing and a grilled cheese, but no butter on it. That's so sad and gross now when I think about it. But this is what I used to do. Like, and that wasn't even like it was even these ways that I thought I was eating healthy wasn't because this was like the low fat time. And so that was like snack wells cookies. And like, I remember my friend and I like getting two liters of Coke and like pretzels, bags and bags. I can't even eat pretzels now because we ate so many pretzels because they were low fat and bread. Like, I remember eating the cinnamon bread, like having a, (laughs) you think you're doing the right thing and you have like a two liter of Coke and a loaf of bread to yourself. And you think that's like healthy diet way to eat. So foolish. But we didn't know at the time. Anyways, yeah. So I, but yeah, I was probably pretty underweight. And then it just kind of swung the other way. Like, I do remember my mom expressing concern about it, but I'm sure now it was just, you know, some way of looking for control in my life. But yeah, my so then I would just go through periods where it was just restrictive eating and then other times where it would go the other way like I I remember periods where I was going to McDonald's for lunch every day from school cuz I had a friend that drove and eating, you know, tater tots and chocolate milk and just greasy food from the cafeteria every day. And then, yeah, so then my weight would go up, but it was never bad. Like it was never excessive weight at all as a teenager, even though you think it is when you're in it. But now if you see pictures, it's like, what? How did I ever think that was bad? But for me, I remember sort of a critical part. I must have been 17, 16 or 17 and I was at a friend's house and I went, I re- remember this so vividly because I was standing in a doorway talking to her mom about something. And her mom said to me, what happened to you? You're going to fill that doorway pretty quickly. And I was just shocked. And there was like, again, I'm not defending her, but there's a cultural differences there. Like she wasn't from here and in Canada. And and I know that like different cultures, it's different things are appropriate. And you just might say what you think without regard for, for, you know, how that person is feeling with that comment. But I was devastated. Like she said, couldn't, well, she just couldn't believe how big I was getting in her opinion. And I know now <laughs> that I wasn't that big, but I'm comparatively to before when I had been under eating quite a lot. I, I mean, I'm sure there was a big difference there. And then it wasn't too long after this that I remember overhearing my boyfriend at the time had he lived with a roommate and his roommate's family. And he didn't my his roommate didn't know that I was there. And I heard him say, I love Jen, but she's put on a lot of weight lately. And again, I was devastated. <laughs> It's just, it's so wild to me to think back to this, knowing what I actually looked like at the time and to know that there was people observing me and perceiving me and having these opinions about my body when it wasn't even 
I wasn't an unhealthy size by any means. So this really obviously affected me deeply. And I remember thinking like, oh, no, I need to do something about this. Like, I just don't. People are just obviously do not like me (laughs) this way. And I must be bad and I need to fix this. And I ended up going to, I got a membership at a gym and started going there. And then they had this weight loss program where you could sign up and have weekly meetings. And I don't even really remember what did they did there if there was like, I have such a bad memory, but if it was like assigned workouts and like a nutritional plan or something like that. But I remember going to the first, it was like the first or second meeting. And there was, there was maybe like eight people there, all women. And so I sat through this meeting and whatever. And then at the end, this woman came up to me and said, I don't even know why you're here. And I was like, what? But she was just like, you, why are you here? Like, you don't need to lose weight. And she like, it was like, she was, I understand like she was, well, she was, she was right. She was probably right. But it was more of a critical thing. And then that kind of derailed me in the whole other direction. And these three sort of events happening pretty close together just messed with me because I already was struggling so badly with, you know, the rejection sensitive dysphoria, which of course I didn't know at the time that that's what it was. But I had really, I really had low self-esteem and didn't feel like I fit anywhere. And to have these, you know, two different camps of people telling me, like, what do you, you don't belong here, basically, just really instilled in me this sense of like, I don't belong anywhere. I don't fit anywhere. Like, these people are telling me I'm too big. These people are telling me I'm I'm not, you know, big enough to be where they are. And it just really reaffirmed this sense of like, I'm just like kind of a nomad and I don't belong anywhere, which was pretty devastating to a teenager with ADHD unbeknownst at the time. But this really set in motion this sort of roller coaster with my weight. I I don't even remember what happened if I stopped going to the gym at that time, but there was a lot of stop and start and stop and start with all of that stuff. And my weight would go up and then my weight would go down. You know, I'd find some program or you read some book and I tried every diet, (laughs) every diet imaginable, like South Beach. And I remember doing Body for Life with my sister and Atkins. You know, this is Atkins is like the pre-keto phase. And luckily, I don't ever remember my mom like, you know, I know there's a lot of like that diet mentality that you see in your in your in a lot of mo- people's moms in that time period because and they're and they, again not their fault like they just are doing what they think is right but i never i feel really fortunate that i never was on the receiving end of any of that kind of judgment from my mom i mean she was always trying to do her best too i remember her going to like this thing called dynafit when she was younger when i was younger and she used to run a lot. But then her weight was up and down too. She was experiencing a lot of the same things as me. So, you know, we would do, not until I was an adult would we, you know, do like diets together and that type of thing, go to the gym together, which is pretty great to do. But yeah, it, it just, 
I really experienced a lot of that stuff. And the the not feeling like I belonged was such a big part of it. A lot of this stuff was emotionally driven. And another part of that was drinking too, because I, I mean, I think when you don't feel like you belong and your self-esteem is is in the toilet and, you know, having alcohol can really, I don't know, help you with that feeling of worrying so much about what people think. And it's sort of a freeing sensation at first. And so it was easy to get into, you know, habit with that because it's, sometimes it feels like it's the only time when your brain shuts off. So I definitely went through periods where I would drink far too much. And that also contributed to weight gain for sure. You know, and especially when I was in college and then got into my articling position to earn my CPA. That's a big part of the culture there is is drinking, especially during tax season. <laughs> so for sure, there was too much of that which contributed. But yeah, so I, yeah, it just continued to go up and down. and. Then when I had kids, that was just a whole new ball game, and especially as an undiagnosed ADHDer, that was when I realized that a lot of the coping mechanisms that I had in place to help me function just went out the window because you can't operate in that same way when you have children. And yeah, my weight really became a big issue at that point, and lots of up and down lots of up and down. But I did end up finding that I was really driven to that the the one parallel or continuing thread from my childhood was this fear of getting sick. And so I was I, I kind of had these moments of feeling really fearful, especially when it came to drinking. I'm like, what if I'm going to damage my liver? Or, you know, what if I'm going to, you know, stay overweight that I end up getting really sick and I die early. And then that was obviously really informed too by having my kids. Like I wanted to be around for them. I didn't want to, you know, face living. I didn't want to live in a debilitated manner or die sooner just because I was overweight. And so I really wanted to find a way to take care of my health. I ended up, this was actually before children before I had kids my husband and I had started going to a gym with personal trainers and that was an amazing experience for me because I had never really found any kind of groove with movement and I didn't love it like I hate actually honestly hate strength training even though I know it's so important and so good for you but being able to go repeatedly into this atmosphere, it was such a great atmosphere of positivity and encouragement and seeing the same person and being able to recognize ways that I was growing and improving and just feeling so much better from that consistency was really great. And I did experience some very slow and steady weight loss as a result of that because I, I you know, made changes in my habits and I didn't try to like follow a strict diet or something. So I think that was the first indication to me that like this is more of what's going to see lead you to, you know, sustainable health changes and, you know, weight loss almost as a byproduct. But that was a really great experience for me. And so but then I had kids and I would kind of go in and out of it. And then I just wasn't able to keep up with it after a while because my kids were not easy. 
<laughs> my firstborn, he, he, well, we know now he has ADHD, but um, he was a very difficult baby. And so that was pretty consuming. But yeah, so over those next few years, I did have still more of that diet roller coaster. And I think it was probably 2018. I was reading a blog. I think it was Kerf, Kathy Eats Real Food. I don't even like, I don't know if she's still around, probably. But she mentioned how she loves Brooke Castillo from the Life Coach School. And so I was like, oh, maybe I'll listen to this podcast because I had just started listening to podcasts. And I listened to something and it was my first exposure to this whole concept of like, you know, your thoughts create your feelings, which create your actions, which create your results. So basically this whole idea of like your thoughts are really driving the results of your life. And I was kind of blown away. And at first I was like, oh, this seems really like weird and woo woo. And I don't know about this, but she did talk about weight loss and stuff. And and it was the first time I kind of made that connection that like, huh, like maybe my thoughts do have something to do with this. And I ended up like doing a little deep dive, went on to her website and ended up finding other people that had trained with her that did weight loss. And through that, that was how I found Corinne Crabtree. And I binged her podcast and ended up joining her program. And it was just really life-changing for me like to recognize that actually just following a strict diet is not enough. Like that is not the way to find sustainable change in your life. And so I, yeah, I worked with that her process in her membership for about a year. And it was, yeah, it really just changed the way I thought about all of this stuff. And it was very slow and steady, but I did see change. I did experience weight loss. And, you know, but then the pandemic happened and I, like a lot of people, like life just got really different, really hard for me. At at the time, it was my husband and I had our own practice, accounting practice, and with three really little kids. And it was just really tough trying to keep operating the business while the kids are home and trying to homeschool them and just a lot of overwhelm. And that really set me off. Like, again, none of the coping mechanisms and all of the things I had learned through Corinne's program really just kind of went out the window and I was just in survival mode. And it's I remember being so mad at myself at the time, but now I just look back at her, meaning me in that time period, with so much appreciation because I was just trying to survive. I was trying to keep everything afloat. I wanted my kids to be okay. And I was just doing the best I could in the time period with everything that was going on. And so But that year ended up being a big change for us. So that was when my son was finally diagnosed with ADHD and anxiety. And I honestly didn't know anything about this, anything about ADHD prior to this. And we really fought to make changes in our lives. Like we realized this hustle and crazy busyness way of life was not only like not supporting him and then by default our other kids, but we just couldn't keep going like this. So we ended up moving, we sold our practice, ended up moving and just really 
wanted to live a slower pace of life. And I still did not make the connection with ADHD and myself at this time. Because I really had this preconceived notion, even after doing a lot of research with it, after my son was diagnosed, still had this preconceived notion that it was just like, you know, crazy, hyperactive little boys. I kind of started making connections when, well, the first was when I read ADHD 2.0. And I thought, this is really weird. Like a lot of these things sound like me. Huh. But I still kind of brushed it off because I thought, oh, no, no, that's just because I have anxiety. But finally recognizing eventually, like, that hyperactivity can be internal and that a lot of the emotional dysregulation that I was experiencing had to do with that. And slowly, slowly, there were lots of pieces that fit. And my therapist had had even mentioned, like, had you ever been tested for this or considered that that might be part of what's going on with you. So then I did. Yeah, like I had to pay for it myself, obviously, because it's not easy to go out and get a diagnosis. But I did finally seek out that diagnosis. And once that was confirmed, I know a lot of you, especially like women who are late diagnosed can relate to this. It is like another roller coaster where you feel relief. Like for me, it was huge relief at first. And then almost like grief for the life that I maybe could have had if I had known this and I could have made some changes or if I had understood myself a little bit better. And a lot of like just the awareness for the past, particularly when it comes to how I felt as a person, like in my interactions with other people and and I'd just been so hard on myself and just to finally understand that. But I almost immediately realized like this lifelong struggle with my weight makes so much sense now. So much sense. Like, no wonder I couldn't stick to a diet. No wonder I couldn't, you know, I felt almost like, you know, I would feel out of control with, you know, things like food. And Of course, you're not really out of control, but just understanding that the way your brain works when it comes to things like impulsivity and the difficulties with emotional regulation. And then, I mean, it just reinforces this desire to seek out food for comfort, relief, for stress management, for boredom, all of these things. But it was just tremendously helpful for me to finally see this connection. And so, yeah, then I did start researching it a lot. And lo and behold, (laughs) it really made sense. But it's not talked about it that much. And so I just became really passionate about wanting to let people know, especially for just the fact of having compassion for yourself to understand that it makes sense and you're not a broken person, and you can just find ways to adapt the way that you might do things in pursuit of changes in your body composition or something like that, you can adapt the way that you do that because standard you know, weight loss programs are not built with your particular brain in mind, but it doesn't mean that it's off the table for you. And so I am just really passionate about wanting to help people see this connection. And 
figure out ways that they can adapt what they're doing and strategize to be able to see success for themselves because you deserve to live a life that feels good for you. You deserve to feel fulfilled. You deserve to feel ease. And I know what I'm always after is that inner peace, like that calm feeling, that ease, that quiet, internal quiet. (laughs) I just desire that so much. And so really, for me, making this connection has been pivotal to finding a way for me to finally see success with my weight loss. And don't get me wrong, I am still on this journey. Like that is one thing I'm going to be very clear about. I am not exactly like a fitness model. (laughs) I'm still making my way down um, to I don't have it's not that I'm like looking for a certain number on the scale or anything like that. I am just in pursuit of where I feel like myself. I just want to feel like myself and be able to live my life with ease. And all the things that I just said that I wish for you are all the things that I'm in pursuit of for myself. And so Yeah, I just really want to share this, spread this message. And I'm here like to talk to you, to work with you, to do whatever I can to help to just, yeah, make this connection for you so that you can make changes and you are fully deserving and capable of living the life that you want in the body that feels best for you. So that's my story. (laughs) (laughs) It ended up being a lot longer than I thought, but I, if you have any questions about anything or if you want to share any of your story, I love to hear this stuff. So feel free to reach out to me at any time. You can find me on Instagram. It's at jenniferwatts.ca. You can DM me. You can send me a message. I would love to hear from you. And I hope that this resonated with you and that you can see, maybe see a bit of yourself in my story and just feel some encouragement that change and growth is absolutely possible in this way. I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Losing Weight with ADHD podcast. If you are ready to make lasting change in your life, please head over to my Instagram at jenniferwatts.ca where you can connect with me and find all the tools and tips you need. From there, you can also access my free guide of the Calm Method for Weight Loss with ADHD or book a free call with me. I'd love to hear from you, so please reach out, especially if you have anything you would like to hear about on the show. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review so the show can continue to spread this message. Until next time.